Yes, sir, and welcome. Welcome, welcome to episode 18 of the Good Look Podcast. I'm your host, Leonard Pinkney, a.k.a. Agent P, a.k.a. L. Pinkney, here to give you guys another episode. It is, at the time of this recording, July 8th, so we are um, a little more than two weeks away from the NBA season starting. Um, it's, 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 it's really exciting. Um, the world is still in shambles. Um, numbers are still going up, um, especially in, in places like California and in Florida, where they're going to be starting the NBA season. So there is some concern with that. But it appears that things are still all systems go. Players are just starting to arrive in the bubble. There's been famously um, funny little pictures of what the players are eating for lunch and dinner. But let's let's hope that things just keep going in the right direction and we can finally actually start talking about some actual NBA basketball. It's been it's been way too long. Once again, I want to thank you guys for out there for listening. Uh, at L Pickney is where you find um, the podcasts. It's in my link in my bio on my Instagram. I also tweet it out as well. So um, like it, share it, um, tag me, and then let me know what you think about it, what you like, what you don't like. And we just keep going from there. Appreciate you listening. So, All right, let's get into some news and notes about what's going on in the league so far. First off, we um, have that the other eight teams that are not going to Orlando might go to Chicago and play in a second bubble. Now, there really hasn't been much steam on this idea other than the initial reports that happened last week. So not sure if this is something that's actually going to happen. Um but who knows? We'll we'll see as the news news moves along. But I mean, unless they have some real like solid incentive, I don't think there's really a reason to have those guys continue to play. So, um, shout out Makura Maker, the younger brother of Thon Maker. He made his decision for college, and he decided to go to Howard University and HBCU. This is something that's been. Uh, floated around in the last couple of months considering everything that's happened in our country mikey williams the really the star freshman who plays down in san isidro um brought up the idea and but mccora maker is actually one of those guys who really didn't get a lot of credit but he was someone who had howard on his list for a while and he's the highest ranked recruit to pick an hbcu in the internet ranking era so that's still that's rivals max preps that type of thing it's been a while so maybe 10 15 years it's, it's not that much time but it's enough to where it's it's something really significant there's a lot of there's a bigger movement to know what companies you're supporting and and having a bigger emphasis on supporting black owned businesses and this is following suit a lot of these great college players or high school players who move on to college are thinking about going to these big universities the typical blue bloods like north carolina duke kansas kentucky um but the the hbcus for some reason get left by the wayside like grambling and and howard spellman those type of schools so it's really cool to see someone step out and decide that they want to make this decision josh christopher was another really good recruit who decided to he had howard on his list but he decided to go to arizona state Mikey is still someone who's considering it. We don't know what the rules will be like. If high school players can go in by the time Mikey's a senior, then he might just go straight to the league. But it's nice. I don't know if there'll be a mass exodus, but it's it's good to see that some players will start to consider going to HBCUs more and that in turn 
um, obviously keeps things within the black community, um, supporting black ideas and, and black community in general, which is just an awesome thing. So shout out to Makura Maker. That's a, a really awesome decision that a young man made. So good on you. Um, my Nuggets, we hired Calvin Booth as our new general manager. Tim Conley still going to be the president of basketball operations. Calvin Booth was a, a former player in the league, played for a while. Um, big man, really. Was pretty much just a role player, didn't really do too much. Um, but um, from all accounts, he is a solid basketball mind and has some experience within the front offices. So the Nuggets have had really good past GMs and presidents of basketball operations, i.e., Masai Ujiri for the Toronto Raptors. So hopefully this is just another move in the right direction and hopefully my team can keep ascending in the NBA rankings for years to come. Victor Oladipo has said he will not play. He's going to continue to rehab from that ruptured quad that he had last year. It's been tough for Victor. When he came back earlier this season, he really wasn't himself. Um, and... Instead of putting himself at risk with also the coronavirus, he decides that, hey, I want to go ahead and continue rehabbing as well, try to get ready for the next season that might start either in October or December. So I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at any player who decides that they don't want to go into the bubble. There's risk inherently doing that. So good on Victor to go ahead and make that decision, and, and hopefully he can continue to get better. Dwight Howard, who was one of the Voices along with Kyrie Irving, who was discussing whether or not they should go play at all, has decided that he will play, and he's going to donate his game checks to a organization called the Breathe Again Campaign, which is incredible, so shout out to Dwight for doing that. Patty Mills is also doing something similar. He's going to donate his entire salary from the games played in Orlando to a Black Lives Matter campaign, so shout out to um, these these NBA players for, for being aware, obviously, and and putting this money into into organizations that really need help and really can use the money. So that's just an awesome thing all around. Torian Prince of the Nets is out. So the Nets lose another player. Um, Bradley Beal, the, the star of the Wizards, has, has decided not to play. So he's one of the big stars um, who is actually going to go to the bubble. Not like Kyrie or Katie who are injured. Who decides like, hey, I'm not going to, I don't feel like playing. Um... He cited a shoulder injury, but I mean, I don't know how legitimate that is. Uh, like I said before, going to Orlando in this environment, there's risk being so close to other players, not knowing what everyone's doing. Um, even in this environment, there's risk. So anyone not trying to go, totally understand. The scrimmage schedule is coming out. Um, the scrimmages start July 22nd, intra-squads, um, as well as playing against other teams. They're, they're going to be grouped up in like teams of, uh, three or f groups of team three or four and they'll be able to scrimmage each other um obviously just get warmed up play some other competition instead of just going against your own team um it's, it's definitely going to help these guys get back into shape and then you have a week of that before the actual game start jared dudley says anthony davis is the most critical part of the lakers success i want to talk about this for a second he is not Obviously, it's LeBron James. So let's it's a stupid question. It's something that um, people in the media try to put out there when when we're bored and want to come up with some kind of different topic. Like when um, this actually goes against my argument for a second, but I'm still going to bring it up. Uh, the Warriors, when they had Kevin Durant. So 
people would ask, who's the best player on the team? It's Kevin Durant. But who's the most critical? The most critical on that team was Steph Curry because he's the one who opens the court up um, and does things for the team and changes the gravity of the court more than anyone else in the history of this game. But tradition, or typically, in most situations, the guy who's most critical to success, that's an outlier because the Warriors were an outlier. The guy who's the most critical to your success is the best player on the team. We're not going to say Chris Middleton is the most critical part of the Bucks because, and, and Giannis is the best player. No, Giannis is the best player and the most critical. So my Warriors example aside, you can go to pretty much any team and look at who's the best player on the team. They're the most critical. We can't keep going into this little, trying to get into the minutia or get cute about, oh, who's the most important? Who's this? Who's that? Anthony Davis is incredibly important to the Lakers, obviously. He's not there. They're not a title contender. But if you don't have LeBron, you have nowhere to start. You just turn into the Pelicans who get knocked out of the first round every other year. So LeBron's the most critical. LeBron's the best player. That's before. Kyrie Irving doing something really dope. He's putting together a, a group of, of individuals to go ahead and make a series event or uh, just highlight a TV show that, that details the killing of Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace to her once again. The details about that just keep getting worse and worse and the fact that the officers still haven't um, seen any type of significant repercussion is... It, it's It's tough to grasp, but... Kyrie's trying to shed some light on this situation even more, and kudos to him for doing so. Um, there's a theme with all the players that are doing these little things here and there to try to help out the community. All of it's appreciated, and all of it's amazing. WNBA players have uh, have gotten together, and there's a, a co-owner of the Atlanta Dream, Kelly Loeffler. Um, they want her out of the league. She's a, um, a Republican politician, and she stated that she did not want the league engaging in any type of Black Lives Matter talk or support, stating that it would encourage exclusion and cause further division in their league and those who support it. Obviously completely off base, obviously completely tone deaf, not reading the room, all the above. Definitely not someone that you want associated in a league where the majority of the league is African American. So I appreciate all the stars banding together and, and trying to get this woman out. It's almost a Donald Sterling situation. Um, we'll see how the WNBA handles it. They put out a statement earlier saying that she hasn't really handled basketball operations since like 2018, which is disappointing because she's still a co-owner. So something still needs to be done. Um, hopefully that, that happens quickly. Steven Jackson, um, I shouted him out a couple of weeks ago on, a, on one of my pods and he was really out in, in front as one of the real big voices when, when George Floyd was uh, murdered. And it's really appreciated that he did all that work. Um, but something happened in terms of Deshaun Jackson, the football player, um, putting out some anti-Semitic information, quoting Hitler, Louis, Fer Louis Farrakhan, and he ended up apologizing. Uh, Steven Jackson um, ended up saying that he agreed with certain things that, that were said and then even doubled down on it. And... And then some of the post comments that he made, if you look it up online, they're just they're just pretty much tone deaf. He says that I don't really know much about Hitler. I just know he's a bad dude. Like that's just really it's it's really obviously downplaying the significance. You really don't have to explain it too much. But 
it's unfortunate that he doubled down on that and it's unfortunate because um, I saw a tweet from um, Pablo Torre it's really unfortunate because of all the great work that he did leading certain uh, certain communities with the Black Lives Matter movement it, it gives the, the trash people out there something to cling on to um, when they want to try to criticize him in, in any way because of the dumb comments that were made so Steven Jackson it wasn't a good look Please do your best to just apologize and and try to learn from this and move forward because you were a real big staple in the in the in the Black Lives Matter movement getting pushed um, these past couple months. So uh, unfortunate, but we'll, we'll see what happens. And the NBA world can finally finally rejoice. Um, every NBA Instagram or twitter handle that puts out jamal crawford highlights every other day saying he scored 51 in his last game that he's played still a hooper still this still that you guys don't have to talk anymore he's back in the league the brooklyn nets have players dropping off like flies they decided to sign jamal crawford and michael beasley i I joke that um that the nets are low-key like that team that comes into a men's league that has only like three players once the game starts and then they needed to start grabbing random dudes in order just to get the game started. It's kind of how the Nets feel. No Kyrie, no KD, no Wilson Chandler, no Torian Prince, no Spencer Dinwiddie, no DeAndre Jordan, no... It, the list goes on and on. So, no Nick Claxton. Um, so, <laughs> um, the, Wiz, or the Nets are just trying to find any way to, to get along. And, and Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley are, are two bucky getters. Not a lot of defense. But no one expects a lot from the Nets anyway. Um, let's see what they can do in this this little eight-game stretch for them. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get into our topics for the day. First one is I have a list of four players. And this list of four players um, comes about because I had a couple thoughts in my mind that I wanted to talk about in this podcast today. And it's something that pretty much dominated the the latter 2010s which is prominent players deciding that they wanted out of their current situation so there's so many there's jimmy butler wanting out of chicago and minnesota paul george wanting out of indiana kyrie irving wanting out of cleveland um list goes on and on kevin durant getting out of okc it's just there's too many to, to to name so I made this list of four people who I believe are going to be the next ones. They might not all be in order, obviously, but they're the four people who I think eventually are going to be the ones that say, hey, I'm sorry, um, but I don't want to be here. Trade me, please, and only send me to the Lakers because that's the only thing that ever happens. And then we're going to have a bunch of Laker fans like we do every other year, Photoshop these guys because the Lakers get every single player in the NBA who's good. So, Number one, Carl Anthony Towns. Now, I I ripped this dude for the amount of defense he does not play. But offensively, dude's a juggernaut. He can literally do everything offensively. He's quick, great touch, physical, can score in the paint, has a great jump shot even though he shoots a set shot. You wouldn't think it's because he really doesn't get off the ground, but incredible three-point shooter. Um, offensively, he can pretty much do everything. But defensively, he's a sieve. So that's just something he needs to work on. He got his dude, D'Angelo Russell, to join him. Um, unfortunately, I just don't think that's something that's going to work for the long term. 
and we know how these situations go. Think about the the last great player in Minnesota, Kevin Garnett. He ended up probably staying longer than he should, and he's admitted this in different interviews. He stayed in Minnesota for 11 seasons before moving on to Boston. He knows that that franchise pretty much put one good winning team around him, and he had to carry them the entire time. So for as great as he was, it didn't really matter because ownership, general managers, um, presidents of basketball operation, it didn't matter. It started from the top down with Glenn Taylor and... KG to this day still hates Glenn Taylor. He doesn't even want to be associated with Minnesota no more. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is kind of following that same path. Honestly, who knows? And I think his is going to come in about two years because he just signed an extension a couple years ago, his Supermax extension, um, which every rookie signs because why wouldn't you? So who knows what the NBA landscape is going to be in two years. If you just look at the rosters from now till 2018, everything's completely different, so we never know. But I think he's a prime candidate eventually. You already start to hear the murmurs, right? There's like reports last year saying that, oh, Carl wants to, if Golden if Carl Anthony Towns is available, Golden State's going to be right there to try to pounce. Little things like that. So those reports don't come out on accident. Carl eventually is going to be to the point where he's going to be like five-time All-Star only gets to the playoffs once and finally decides that he wants to get out. Something similar to Anthony Davis, another former Kentucky guy. So Carl Anthony Towns are number one on this list, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on where you go. Number two, Devin Booker. Now, early on in my pods, I said how I could, how we could save Devin Booker. Pretty much, I still want that swap to happen between him and Ben Simmons. Um, I feel like it'd be the best thing for both of them. But Devin Booker has been toiling away in Phoenix. Great season after great season after great season. Signed his max extension. Another great season. His team is trash. Phoenix's owner, Robert Sarver, is terrible. And they continue to butcher draft picks and make terrible front office moves. And it just keeps getting worse and worse for Devin Booker so he'll keep putting up his 25 a night because he's that dude but eventually it'll get to the point where it's like okay I've been here for five six years still not putting any winning players around me he might get one winning season um and then that's when players are like okay maybe I can stay but if you look at the majority of players who play in this league it's very rare that guys stay with one team their entire career I don't think Devin Booker is the exception. Eventually, it's going to get to the point where he's going to want to get traded. Um, the Lakers will obviously be a prime prime real estate because he's a two guard and um, he's he's great. And obviously, the Lakers get all the great players. Sorry, I'm just hating so much. Um, but <laughs> Devin Booker is going to be um, another guy who's going to want to go ahead and, and get up out of Phoenix. Number three, Ben Simmons just said his name. I don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are going to work. I want Ben Simmons to have his own team. I want him to be able to flourish and get all the praise that he definitely deserves. Um, he's someone who gets a lot of un unwarranted hate just because he doesn't shoot threes. He literally does everything else while well in the basketball court. An incredible defender, great driver of the basketball. Still shoots with the wrong hand, but that's fine. Um, incredible passer, great rebounder, and does all of it, so... Um, hopefully he can find a franchise that can 
take advantage of his talents and and he can just find a way to have a franchise that's gonna just lean on him as being the guy. So Ben Simmons and plus he feels a little Hollywood. He's a guy I could see going west coast or to a big city like New York, something like that. Um, ben Simmons, number three. And last but certainly not least, this one is a bit of a surprise, maybe, because he's been in some rumors before, but um, signed a really big extension, so he's probably going to stay there for a while, but I don't think so. I'm going to put his name out there. I'm saying Damian Lillard. So Damian Lillard is 29 right now, going to turn 30 next season. He's been in Portland. They got to the Western Conference Finals last year, kind of on some weak stuff. They um, had a pretty good team all around defensively, and then the team they beat in the second round was us. The Nuggets were just a really young team, and then they got to the Western Conference Finals, played the Warriors without Kevin Durant, and got stomped 4-0. So um, I don't know how much Portland can really squeeze out of this orange anymore. The McCollum... Lillard backcourt is not going to win. I'm sorry. They either need to find a way to trade CJ out for someone who's more... Um, like, if if they had someone like Clay Thompson playing the two-guard spot for them, that would be an incredible match for Damian Lillard because Damian's not the best defender. He's pretty much Steph Curry light. If he had a two-guard who could knock down shots and play incredible defense, that'd be the perfect partner for him. So maybe someone like a, a Jalen Brown or something like that. The Celtics wouldn't do that, but some type of player like that, a guy who can create his own shot, hit threes, and play good defense. That's the kind of guy Damian Lillard needs. I don't think that Portland's going to be able to attract any kind of free agent to do that. I don't know if they have enough talent to go ahead and make a significant deal. They have Zach Collins, who they could possibly put into it. Actually, no, let's, let's, let's mock this up. They got Zach Collins, they got CJ McCollum, and they got some draft picks. They even have Anthony Simons. If the Portland Trailblazers wanted to make one more run, they'd combine uh, two or three of those assets along with some some draft capital and try to get someone who can really help Damian Lillard on the wing. This NBA is, is predicated on guys who are on the wings, can be creators, and defend. LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Kevin Durant. Those are the guys who are the ones that are, are the prototypes for this league and the ones who end up winning the most. So if Damian Lillard can have some guy like that on his team, then I can see him staying. But I don't believe Portland is going to be able to do that. I don't think they'll be able to pull it off. So I think his name's going to start coming back into the rumor mill again. He makes a lot of money, so it's going to be hard to trade for him. But when a franchise player wants out, he's going to get out. It's pretty much the way this stuff works. And anybody can get traded. I used to think that con- any contract is like really bad and... <laughs> The ones that you really think, it's like there's no way they could be traded. They end up getting traded. Gilbert Arenas effed his knee up, and Orlando still ended up trading for his trash contract. Rashard Lewis was making ridiculous amounts of money, still got traded. Um, Joe Johnson got traded. Um, Chris Paul, nobody thought anyone was going to take Chris Paul's old 35-year-old ass with $40 million a year on his books. Boom, got traded. For Russell Westbrook, who people thought also wouldn't get traded. So, in this league, never say never. Anyone can pretty much get traded at any time. So, don't be surprised if Portland bows out again in this year's playoffs and bows out again next year. 
and Damian Lillard is going to be 32 years old and you're going to start thinking, okay, can I really do this thing in Portland or should I try to make a run somewhere else where I have a better chance to win? I'm thinking the latter. That's why I'm on the list. Um, the one I didn't include, which everyone keeps including, are two of them. It's Bradley Beal, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is on a really nice contract. I think the Pelicans need to be blown away before they give him up. He's still got two years left on his deal. I don't think they're going to trade him. And then Bradley Beal. I don't think he's going to get traded either. Bradley Beal in interviews, even though you're supposed to say you don't want to leave, he's said it multiple times in interviews. A lot of NBA players, if they have the opportunity, they could go ahead and try to make that move. He just signed an extension. I think he wants to see what John Wall is going to be like when they come. he comes back and see how they can mesh. I think he just really likes DC as well. So I don't think he's going to leave either. So I didn't put those guys on my list. Okay, so this next thing is courtesy of CBS Sports. Um, I talked about the 2021 draft class because that one is way more exciting. But this 2020 class, the one that's coming up, it's going to be weird considering how the cap's going to work and how much money they'll be able to salvage and, and what contracts will look like. But it's still a class that has some... It's It's kind of a reflection of what the NBA draft is. The NBA draft... This year is not filled with a bunch of guys who are, who have a really high ceiling or guys that you are certain are going to be superstars. There's guys who have potential who are maybes, but you're not totally sure. So they're, they're mostly filled with a lot of guys who you know are going to be solid. That's what the 2020 class is. It's a lot of guys who you know either knockdown shooter, 15-point-per-game scorer, good interior defender, great rebounder, can do one or two of those things, not any type of superstar type player. The only guy that's a superstar is Anthony Davis, and he's going to resign with the Lakers. So um, I'm going to go ahead and go through the list of these guys who are considered the top level of these classes and, and try to see how they would work out in different situations. So the first guy we'll talk about is Fred Van Vliet. Um, averaging 17 a game, six assists, and about two steals per, and he's making almost three threes a night. Fred Van Vliet, um, he's a, despite his, his short stature, everyone saw what he did in the postseason last year, came up big in really big situations once he became a dad. Um, really good at stretching the floor, solid point guard. He's heady. He knows what he's doing. He's almost a, he's like a better Jameer Nelson and he can play some defense too. So I, Fred Van Vliet, if I was him, I would want to stay in Serrano, keep that continuity, and and eventually take over the, the starting spot because Kyle Lowry is going to be a free agent the year after. Um, but I don't know if they'll be able to, to make that work contract-wise. So we'll see where Fred ends up going. Teams that need point guards are like the Knicks, which are the classic case of a team who would overpay for someone like Fred. Even though it wouldn't be a big overpay, it's something that the Knicks would do. Um, Detroit could use a point guard. Orlando's trying to experiment with Markel Fultz, but they could use a point guard. Those are a couple of destinations Fred could go to, but any place that he goes, you already know you have a guy who's got championship experience, a guy who knows how to make and take big shots and can play some good defense for you. So he's a really good role player that is going to make some uh, some solid money in the offseason. Joe Harris, um, 
another great uh, player who will be a free agent this year. I talked a little bit earlier when I was talking about those guys that maybe Damian Lillard can play with. Joe Harris would be a really solid guy. He's in, The only thing is he's not a, a great defender, but he's a knockdown shooter. So he'd spread the court, do a really good job to help out a, a team that needs a guy from the two or the three spot to help them out in terms of outside shooting. He's going to make a lot of money. I think Brooklyn's going to want to re-sign him because they need quality guys around Kevin Durant and Kyrie and guys who can just shoot the ball. So I think the Nets, if they want to be a real contender, need to re-sign him. So I, I, I feel like they're the favorite. But if a team goes out and puts a big money offer on the table, I think Joe Harris is going to end up taking it because he's in the prime of his career. He has the most valuable commodity in the NBA, which is shooting. So wherever he decides to go, they're gonna that team's gonna end up getting a really good player. Danilo Gallinari has had a real nice bounce back season for the for the Oklahoma City Thunder, averaging 19 a game. If you need a a guy who can play the four spot, get you about 16 and 19 points a game, knockdown shooter. You have to deal with his injury issues. He has a history of that. That I'm familiar with his game from when he was in Denver. Really good offensive player, okay defender. He can definitely help your team out. He's a guy who sh- he can be a, a a player like a starting player on a championship team. So he almost got traded to Miami. Um, that would really help the Heat out for for this current season, but he ended up staying put in Oklahoma City. So um, any contender that needs somebody who can spread the floor from the four position, look no further. The next guy up is pretty much the same thing, just younger. Uh, Gallinari is 32. Davis Bertans, he's actually not going to play in the bubble for the NBA restart. And part of the reason is not to jeopardize anything when it comes to his free agency this year. Dude is a lights-out shooter. He took 10 threes a night. Um, or his his ten, his ten his threes per 36 minutes were, were, 10, were at 10.7. And he made 42 percent of his three-point shots dude's a straight gunner 610 really big head small body but dude can shoot the lights out 15 points a game you need a guy who can come off your bench or start for you at the four position not give you great defense but spread the floor like a mug this is your guy davis bertans and then one of those dogs out of clipperland montrez harrell um, another year where he's the he's one of the candidates to be at the sixth man of the year, 18 and seven tonight. Dude is ruthless despite only being quote unquote six seven. I think he's like six six, but he's he's a big body and he's really aggressive. Um, so he gets all his points in the paint, and he's a solid defender despite his size. He's got a solid wingspan. I don't know how the Clippers are going to deal with his situation. Obviously, they got Kawhi and Paul George on the books. They're going to have to figure out what they want to do with... And they have signed Patrick Beverly. They're going to have to figure out what they want to do with him and Lou Williams. So, I don't know what the Clippers want to do. In that regard, Montrez Harrell has been great for them the past couple of seasons. It would be tough for the Clippers and their fans to see him go. But Montrez is most likely going to end up making some real good money in the free agent market. So... I'd say it's unlikely he stays. The team that signs him, I'm not totally sure. Uh, But whoever gets him, you're going to get a dog 
dude that plays hard. If the Knicks end up getting someone like that, that's someone that that franchise would really appreciate. So maybe that's someone who can really go out for. Someone I pushed for a couple pods back, Christian Wood of the Detroit Pistons. This dude is a monster. If you look at the his last 15 games, averaged in 22 points, 9.5 boards, and a steal and a block while shooting 56% from the field and 41% from three dude is a low-key monster and no one's talking about him because he plays in Detroit he's only 24 years old and he has the opportunity to make a lot of money he's an unrestricted free agent it's going to be tough for Detroit to retain him if I was any winning franchise if I was the Nuggets I would pray that they try to get this guy but I don't know if he'll be able to sign. I said that he should go to the Knicks. I think the Knicks are the front runner to get him. Uh, despite having Julius Randle, you could play Julius at the four and, and Christian Wood at the five. He's a guy who can spread the court, protect the rim. He's a solid defender. He can, he can do it all. And whoever decides to get Christian Wood, man, you're going to be getting a real versatile player. A couple of Toronto Raptors are also going on the free agent market. Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka. Gasol is going to be 35. Uh, has Stats-wise, he's just not the same, averaging 7 and 6 a night. He can still help out a team, though. He's an incredibly heady player. He's very smart, big body, can spread the court, um, and won't really be at a high price tag. So if you still need somebody who can... Um, help defend the rim, make good passes, be smart on the offensive end, set good screens. Mark Sol is your guy. I think he's going to go back to Toronto on like a team-friendly deal. Um, but any other team that makes a run at him, you're going to get a solid contributor. Serge Ibaka is averaging 16 and 8. Um, he's not the shot blocker that he used to be, but he's still a solid defender, and he can shoot the ball from the perimeter, so he stretches the court out for you. He's probably looking to get one more pretty solid contract before he gets into those veteran minimums as the as he gets up there in age. I I I don't know if Toronto's gonna end up re-signing him. I think they'll wanna try to move in more OG, more Pascal, um, in that front court situation for Toronto. I see them more likely signing Marcus than Serge. Um just depending on where Serge ends up going, he can play some small ball five for you and still be a, a definite contributor. A couple other guys who are bigger names but most likely are staying in their current situations because they're restricted or have player options. Brandon Ingram, breakout season, all-star year, averaging 24-6. and six. He's a restricted free agent no matter what. New Orleans is going to bring him back. Gordon Hayward has a player option. He's averaging 17 a game, has some really good bright spots, but as a $34 million player option, he's not going to give that up. He is staying. Bogdan Bogdanovich, I love this dude. Real heady player. I wish he was on the Nuggets. I. He's 27, so he's an older rookie. He's a restricted free agent. So if a team throws a lot of money at him, kind of like the Nicholas Batum thing, how... Charlotte threw a bunch of money at him, ended up signing him. They regretted that, obviously. But 
I think Bogdan could be in that situation. There's sign and trade possibilities for him as well. So um, he'll be a valuable asset to a team, um, whoever decides to get him. DeMar DeRozan, player option, $27 million. Ain't nobody giving him more than that in free, uh, free agency. He's going to stay. Evan Fournier is in a tough situation. He has a $17 million option. He's having another solid year, averaging 19 a game. Still a great shooter. Um, and yeah, he could end up signing a three, four year deal with a franchise who needs a guy from the two, three spot who can go ahead and get you some buckets and, and, and score from the outside. I think that, hmm, a team, I keep bringing up the Knicks, but the Knicks, Pistons, a team like, um, Brooklyn could use him, even though they probably don't have enough cap space. This is a team that the... This is the kind of player that the Lakers would really like, a knockdown shooter who could get his own shot. Um, Evan Fournier will have a market, and he's going to have a tough decision to see whether or not he can get more than that $17 million his player option is. If I was him, I'd probably take the plunge and bet on myself and, and try to get a deal where I maybe get four years, like 70 something like that, uh, just to try to make up for that money that I would be giving up. I think he's that valuable of a commodity um, to where he'd be he'd be sought after enough, kind of like Joe Harris um, in the in the off season. Andre Drummond, twenty eight point eight million dollars. Ain't no way his ass is giving that up. He's staying in Cleveland. Otto Porter, twenty eight and a half million dollar option. Thank God for your agent. You're staying. Tim Hardaway Jr., sixteen points a game this year, um, making about three threes a game. Has a $19 million option. I think he'll take it. Um, and then he'll try to be a free agent again the year after that. One of the real, real, real um, high-level restricted free agents is someone that you want to keep an eye on. Former Nugget Malik Beasley. Love this dude. Incredibly athletic. Great knockdown shooter. His first game in Minnesota, dude dropped 30. <laughs> just to let the Nuggets fans know that, hey, you knew what you was missing out on. We all knew. We all wish we could have kept him instead of Gary Harris, but Gary Harris's value plummeted. He just hasn't played well this year. But Malik Beasley, he gets into a situation where you can start and play right away. You're looking at a guy who's going to average 15 to 18 a game, hit about three threes a night, and play okay defense for you while still being a real good spark plug on offense. I love his game. Whoever decides to hit him, you're going to be getting a really solid player. Isaiah Thomas is going to be a free agent. He just hasn't been the same since that hip injury, unfortunately. I don't know. He's going to be 31. He just doesn't have the athleticism he used to have. He's just going to be a, a bigger name. It's a, it's, a, it's a damn shame because 2017 Isaiah was one of the most exciting players I've ever seen play. He had such a, a flair for the dramatic. And that athleticism, despite him being 5'9", was the reason he was able to, to play the way he, that he could. So... We'll see if another team gives him a chance. Same thing with DeMarcus Cousins. He's had a couple of years and a couple of significant injuries where he just hasn't been able to play. Uh, came back on the minimum with the Lakers. Maybe they give him another contract. Maybe some other team gives him a contract. Hopefully, Boogie can just stay healthy and, and turn into the back into at least some form of the, the solid player that he was before. 
You have Derek Jones Jr. He's going to be a free agent. Good defensive versatility and dude jumps out the gym. He just has to improve on that jump shot and you have another really good solid guy for your rotation. Someone who's underrated, um, I believe just because he's stuck in... Now he was, He's been stuck in two really no-name places, Cleveland and now Utah. Jordan Clarkson averaging 15 a night. Um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, he's a really good guy off your bench. He is in the perfect role, I believe. He's a guy who will come off your bench, get you about 15 a night, can shoot the three, make a couple of passes, and then get out the game. Um, but he can run your offense once your starters get out. So if you need a guy like that, Jordan Clarkson, young enough, athletic enough, smart enough, definitely a guy you'd want on your team. And I was burning through the CBS list a little bit, but there's not really many other names. I could go through the names really quick just to let you know who they are, but Bobby Portis, Robin Lopez, JaVel McGee, Jamichael Green, Willie Cauley-Stein, Enos Cantor, Alex Lynn, Myers Leonard, Nerlens Noel, Mason Plumley, Marvin Williams, Markeith Morris, Wancho Hernan Gomez, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Mo Harkless, Jay, Crow- uh, yeah, Jay Crowder, Kyle Korver, Pat Connaughton, Leslie Matthews, KCP. So a lot of these guys that I named, they're you know their names because they're significant pieces in rotations. And like I said before, that is the biggest draw. That's the most allure of this this free agent class. There's a lot of guys here who will be able to fill out rotations, help change these coaches' benches, and, and create better matchups for these teams going forward. So there's not a lot of money to move around because, of one, it's a summer or the last couple seasons a lot of big time free agents have been either traded or signed to certain franchises so there isn't a lot of money to really go out and spend other than like the really bad squads but and and then we don't know about the salary cap either but there's going to be room for these guys to sign closer to a little bit higher than minimum level deals and minimum veteran deals and some of the guys will get significant 10 15 20 million dollar contracts so Whoever gets these guys, there's a lot of quality out there. There's a lot of quality role players out there. So I'm excited to see where these guys go just to see how these franchises end up filling out. We know that we get really excited about the big names moving, but when you hear a name like Trevor Reason is prime or like a James Posey or those kind of players, those guys that you really know can help tip the scales when it comes to having a significant role player, it's exciting. So I'm excited to see where these guys go. All right, and the NBA player salute for tonight is not an NBA player. It's going to be a WNBA player. I want to shout her out because her birthday was just this week, and that's the great Lisa Leslie from the Los Angeles Sparks, the first WNBA player to dunk in a game. Once scored 100 points in 16 minutes in a high school game. Just totally not fair. Three-time MVP, eight-time All-Star, played with the Sparks from the WNBA's inaugural season in 1997 all the way up to 2009. Career averages of 17, 9, 2 blocks per game. The one and only, the very dominant, the very amazing. Salute to you, Lisa Leslie.
All right, you guys, appreciate you listening to the Good Look Podcast. That was episode number 18. It's kind of crazy. We can, I just keep going with these episodes and seeing the numbers build up. It's been it's been really awesome. And seeing you guys listen to it, um, having double-digit plays for pretty much these consecutive weeks has been awesome. I really appreciate that. It puts a real big smile on my face. So thank you guys again for listening. Um, make sure you like, rate, subscribe to the podcast. Um, please share it. Tag me. And hopefully we can keep making this thing grow. And and if you got any suggestions for me, please let me know. I, I, I'd love to hear any of the comments or criticism that you guys have. See you again next week. You guys have a good one.